ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Neil World Order Podcast. We're just hours <laughs> removed here in Wisconsin from uh, some tornado sirens and storms and I guess heavy winds, which I guess we were fortunate enough here must have went south of us. But yeah, first time this year, uh, the tornado sirens went off and we had to... Uh, get to the basement uh i think the storm kind of went around us we were just kind of in um a vicinity of where it was possible i thought uh kai had said uh the one touched down somewhere about seven miles from here but no damage or anything that i'm aware of maybe just some trees and stuff so yeah we had a little bit of uh weather action here i swear to god it's done nothing but rain uh, it's been that ugly spring I always joke about that like I feel like the Midwest is known for. My backyard grass is so terrible. Like I am so thankful to have a privacy fence so that people cannot see the terrible length at which my grass is. I would probably have to raise the blade on the mower and mow it two or three times when it actually dries out enough for me to do so. I thought we were going to lose the beagle in the grass at one point. It was, it's, it's terrible. You know, there's parts of it that aren't, but then as you get back uh, down towards the back of it, it's just awful. And I, I feel, I feel disgusted. We have neighbors on one side that we joke all summer and stuff, never mow their yard. They maybe mow their yard once a month. And it's just, it's like an eyesore. They've already mowed their yard this year before I have. So I was like, oh boy, I'm in trouble. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of what was going on uh, today here. Um, started the uh, last handful of episodes of Ozark uh, on Netflix. I believe we got through two of the uh, episodes that were released yesterday. These are the final, I think, final five episodes, and then it's a wrap on the show, which if you've never watched, um, I stand by this, that it's the best show Netflix has done. Um it, it's it's great. It's like a combination of Breaking Bad, Sopranos, uh, Justified. There's a little bit of like all my favorite shows in there. I think it's why I love it. The characters are all um, so well written. Uh, Jason Bateman is, is fabulous. Um, I think he's great in everything he does. He's just one of those guys where if he's in it something, I really enjoy it. Uh, you know, stemming from like Arrested Development. Um, the quirky movies he does, um, I just, I just enjoy him. Um, but yeah, so if you haven't watched Ozark, um, check that out as it wraps up. It's, uh, part two of the fourth season. That was for all of you. Um, anyways, so the last couple, uh, weeks my daughter's been around, she's, uh, strangely uh grown fond of my uh i guess my morbid uh curiosity and watching i always talk about murder shows on here like on the id channel and such uh, we have the discovery plus app uh thanks to my father-in-law and uh which allows you to watch like all the shows each season you know so you're not just limited to whatever's on the id channel um so we started watching um what is it? Uh, evil, evil lives here, um, which is you know just like people recanting the stories of usually a family member, friend, husband, spouse, whatever parent that they lived with that you know eventually gets 
some horrible thing, you know, they were murderers, just, you know, torrid events. Um, and so it's kind of become like her thing now. Um, she used to leave the room. She'd be like, oh, I don't know. You know, so I would turn it off so she would hang out with us. But now she's like, hey, can we watch murder shows? And we watch it, you know, and we kind of talk um, and debate some of the things that happen. We were watching one today, and, like, I don't I don't want to, I mean, yeah, I totally shame people. That's, I'm like, but, like, this mother, like, was so complicit in what this son ended up becoming. Like, he was one of those people that never could take no for an answer from the time, like, one of, just to give you a bit and piece of it, one Christmas she bought him a PlayStation, and he was pissed and slammed it on the ground and broke it. She put it back in the box, took it to the store, and convinced them, like, it was broken there. They got it broken and got him a new one. And, like, so, yeah, this kid went on to, like, kill his baby mama and stuff like that after threatening her with guns and everyone else. Like, from the time he was four years old on till I think he was 20-something when he finally actually committed murder. It was the craziest thing. It was, like, one of those things where, like, she, like five minutes into like her talking with her son, she when he was four, she probably should have realized what was coming, and like drowned him in a bathtub or gave him away or something. But needless to say, you know. And then she did all this stuff at the end. We're like, oh, I feel like I'm responsible. And we're like, Yeah, you totally are. You idiot. You could have prevented all this. But I guess hindsight is uh, twenty twenty. You know, and when I watch these shows, and it's weird because you know it. I, while I find it fascinating, I always have that, you know, there's that part of me that just continually loses all faith in humanity. Um, you know, and I rarely see things that bring it, bring my faith in humanity back at all. I um, mean, you just look around at the world today and, and I'm not trying to be a cynic or pessimistic because I think sometimes I can be <laughs> the optimist in my family. If that paints any kind of picture for you of life in the household here. But, um, fucked up stuff so you know anyone who lives here in wisconsin heard the story about a 10 year old lily peters um the story is crazy you know and i had debated on talking about it and i was like it's so messed up do i really want it and um it's fortunate enough my boy nate hansen shared an article with me which kind of filled in the holes to some of the things i thought okay there's no way things happen like this without whatever but so this 10 year old girl was at her aunt's house. Um, it was last week, I believe, last Sunday or something, and never came home. Uh, and I think it was just a couple houses down the on the same street as where she lived with her dad and I don't know his girlfriend, her aunt, and I'll fill in the holes. And so she didn't come home. They find her. You know, she's missing. Eventually, they find her dead. Uh, she was murdered. And sexually assaulted by her 14-year-old cousin. Yeah, that's right. Her cousin. Um, whose father was also a pedophile. Um, you know, everyone involved in this was just... This poor kid had no chance. Her father was a criminal. Her mother was a criminal. Everyone in the house she lived in was a criminal. Um, and, and it's like, you know, because when the, we saw they had arrested a 14-year-old... You know, Kai had said, there's no way, you know, 14-year-old just, like, you learn that behavior somewhere. And turns out the kid's father was a pedophile. Uh, there's a great article uh, that um, Nate shared with me. I believe it was the uh, 
hang on, let me click on it, I'm sorry. Oh, the Daily Mail, uh, dailymail.com had shared it. And it's just, it's brutal. Like, it's... <sighs> sorry, I was reading something. But, um, awkward silence, right? And it, it just makes you wonder, like, how things happen, uh, you know, in this world and, and why... Um, you know, and a story like that, just, it's, it's not like 10 years old, you know, and he's 14 and they're related on top of it. And, and you, you wonder, you know, yeah, okay, 14 year old's mind's not fully developed or stuff, but like, how do you think you're going to do these things and get away with them? Like, like what's the end game? You know, it's like your psychopathy so, like, wrapped around your mind. These are the people I want to interview and be like, dude, what were you thinking? You know, and a lot of times you're not going to get straight answers out of them or they're going to live in denial and, oh, I didn't do it, you know. These people will be caught red-handed with something. All the evidence points at them, DNA, what, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You know, like everyone in prison's innocent, if you ever saw the uh, Shawshank Redemption. But yeah, that's it, it's it's really fucked up when you think about it. But um, you know, and it's it's sad, you know. And I, I was thinking, it's so scary this day and age. And you know, and maybe the world was always scary, and um, now because there's always something on telling us this stuff that we think about it, that it seems scarier. Um, I, I don't know. Like I said, maybe it's just me. But um, that's the uh, rambling off the top of my head portion <laughs> of the show, which I think sometimes it ends up better than the scripted portion, if you want the truth, because I feel like sometimes the scripted portion, I've already spoke it in my head as I was writing it, so sometimes it just comes out kind of meh. But I'm telling you, without the script, I'd be terrible. And it's really just an outline. Um, Scott can vouch as someone who was on the show and saw the process that I'm not like reading it line for line. It's just kind of like someone to go, Hey, 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 stay on track. Like a stage director in a television show. But, um, you know, I talk about it all the time since, uh, adding the uh, music portion of the show. Um, how I've really enjoyed how like sometimes a song or an artist just kind of, it just kind of finds me, falls in my lap, comes on the radio um, I hear it in a store, see a t-shirt, um, there's a news clip, whatever. Um, you know, other times there's not, I'm not even gonna lie, there's weeks where I immerse myself into my long playlist of songs and look for something relatable to maybe what I'm going through, uh, what's happening in the world, maybe what I want to feel like talking about, uh, and a lot of times it's easy, it's, other times it's not, um. But anyways, this week, um, I was headed to work with my daughter the other day, and um, I've got, you know, with the new car, I got free uh, Sirius till like, July or something like that. And I love Sirius, but it, it's expensive. But, like, you know, if I spent more time in the car like I used to, it made sense to pay for it. But we were listening to Hair Nation. I love Hair Nation. Um, I love hair metal, uh, 80s metal. I feel like, especially lately... I've really gravitated towards it. I think maybe it's like an old thing and you go full circle and you're like, okay, this was kind of the first music I was kind of 
into as a kid that I was, I don't know if passionate's the right word, but that I really like was like, you know, buying shirts, tapes. I wanted to be one of those guys. I never could play a fucking instrument to save my life. But um, anyways, Hair Metals, or Hair Nation is a great snake. Great station. I almost said snake for some reason. But they do play a lot of white snake. Um, the other day, we're going to work. Queensryche comes on. And I was like, hell yeah. It had been literally forever and a few years, I believe, since I had heard a, a Queensryche song. And, you know, as always, there's some of you right now probably like, Queensryche? Who? What? I'm guessing Nate, Luke, you guys kind of know who I'm talking about. Um, you know, but Queensryche is this amazing um, band from 80s, 90s with a, a extensive playlist uh, and, and a really huge cult following. They actually had 15 studio album releases, uh, 20 million albums sold, 6 million in the U.S., so they were kind of more globally popular, uh, multiple DVDs, and they're actually still touring to this day. Um, they were formed 1980 in uh, Bellevue, Washington, Washington State. Um, they're kind of looked at as one of the three pillars or foundations of what is considered progressive metal. Um, along with Dream Theater and Fate's Warning. Um, I think progressive metal is a term for saying that they were really talented musicians. It wasn't just like a look like, you know, your Poisons or your dime a dozen bands that just kind of had the look and the music was stupid and whatever. I, I like Poison, but, you know, I just kind of threw them out there. But, like, these dudes could play. Um, you know, Dream Theater is another band... Um, if you've never listened to Dream Theater, is amazingly talented. You could strip all the lyrics from all their songs and just listen to the music, and they're that classically talented. But anyways, after years of kind of toiling in the Western metal scene, uh, Queensryche burst into the mainstream with the release of their album Operation Mindcrime in 1988. Um, and it's kind of cool all these years later that Operation Mindcrime is still considered one of the greatest heavy metal concept albums of all time. Um, and, you know, in a concept album kind of means all the song. It kind of goes together and tells a story. It's kind of like, you know, it, it's a story, the album. Um, you know, and this was a thing I think that Queensryche probably did better than anyone. You know, you can just listen to the record straight through and picture and see the story. It's all, it's almost like a, you know, and the videos were almost like a graphic novel come to life set to music. Um, you know, some of my favorite albums are like that. Um, Nine Inch Nails, The Downward Spiral is considered a concept album. I think I talked about that a long time ago. But um, Mindcrime had such amazing works as um, I Don't Believe in Love, Eyes of a Stranger, Revolution Calling, and obviously the title track, Operation Mindcrime. And I promise if you like metal, hair metal, um, you will really enjoy this album. These guys are very talented. They're, it's it's a clean, crisp, it, it's just a good sound. Um, their follow-up to Operation Mind Crime Empire was released in 1990. Um, I know everyone, so many of you people have probably heard the song Silent Lucidity and maybe didn't realize that was Queensryche. Um, they had Empire, uh, Jet City Woman, Another Rainy Night was on that. Um, you know, and Empire was also a concept album. You know, and the neat thing about this band is they had tons of drama. Like, as far as changing parts, I believe uh, guitar player Chris DeGarmo bowed out, bowed out pretty early. Um, 
and, and here's where it gets kind of neat. In 2012, uh, lead singer Jeff Tate uh, was fired from the band. He apparently is very difficult to work with. Everything I've ever read on the game, he's super great vocalist, but says he's just like an asshole. Um, he would, however, sue the band for wrongful termination. And I'm not sure if I recall any time in rock and roll history that being done before. Maybe it has, and I just wasn't aware of it. But here, here's where it gets interesting. Uh, Tate would form his own band under the name Queensryche, while the other band members would get a new lead vocalist and perform and tour under the name Queensryche as well. So during the whole time of all this litigation, both bands were allowed to use the Queensryche name, um, and they, I believe they each released an album as Queensryche. Uh, in April of 2014, the original band members were awarded the rights and trademarking to Queensryche. Uh, Jeff Tate would then uh, change his band name and tour and release albums under the name Operation Mindcrime, which was Queensryche's most successful album. Uh, but seriously, super talented group of musicians, though. Uh, they can play uh, really cool arrangements uh, to go with the stories they tell. And like I said, you know, each song is kind of like a is like a chapter in a book through the album. So, you know, if you got some time, you're chilling out, I don't know, you're, you're smoking some weed, whatever, chill out, listen to some Queensryche. Um, your wife probably won't like it. Um, but anyways, that's Queensryche. They're really cool. I just thought the whole concept of Operation Mindcrime really resonated with me as I kind of look at as the way, how, kind of how we see the world, how things we're seeing every day over the past few years, like kind of like the crimes and havoc that have been unleashed on the American and global psyche of all of us, it, it's kind of wild, um, you know. And that's how things are now. We have talked, we've talked about psyops and distractions and narrative, and, and in a way, it's all mind crime, racism, gender, sexual orientation narratives. It's all a war being waged on your mind. Um, your beliefs, you know, your conscious, your subconscious, just to change the way maybe you cognit cognitively operate, uh, you know, and mostly it's affected the minds of the weak and, and people who can't think for themselves or allow themselves to, you know, think critically, which I think we've seen there's a lot more of those people than you would honestly think. I mean, we have a huge portion of this country that, that cannot think for themselves, or maybe won't. You know, it's it can't or won't. It, at that point, it doesn't matter really because it is what it is. But, um, you know, there, there are people who can't see the beach, the ocean from the beach, simply because, you know, they're told it's not there. You know, we have people convinced about the dangers of free speech, people who don't believe in or stand for anything, um, you know, and, and they just kind of exist like empty vessels, you know, and march to the songs of the powers that be blissfully unaware that, you know, they're marching towards the end of a cliff like lemmings. Um, you know, and you, you, I scratch my head sometimes and I'm like, I actually scratched my head as I was thinking that. I don't know if that was like subconscious or whatever, but um, how does that get undone? You know, and I mean, does it get undone through free speech? Uh, by eliminating the powers of those who would censor information and conversation that opposes a narrative or challenges people to think for themselves. Like, like why are we so, like, why are people so adamant against that? Um, 
like I've always enjoyed the you know the phrase and we can agree to disagree like you know I use that in arguments with the wife a lot you know I don't expect her to always see things my way and I, I she certainly knows I don't always see things her way and that's okay you know it's like I say sometimes it doesn't mean somebody's right and somebody's wrong it just means I like red and you like blue you know or I like you know it's just it is it just is it's not a you know, it's not about making you like what I like or believe what I believe. It's accepting what you believe. Maybe trying to understand why people feel the way they do. Having that conversation and learning to coexist from there. Um, you know, but that people take our talking about whatever challenging ideology, you know, and they, they mislabel it and they hide behind terms like misinformation hate speech, you know, when, honestly, they're just wanting to brainwash you and erase your ability to think for yourself, you know. They're the type of people that challenge freedom, they resent God, the country. They ultimately, if you think about it, reject all forms of logical thought. I think we've seen that so much so that it's like, like, it's hard to go through a day I mean, I mean, it is for me, you know, and just interacting with people, not even, you know, and I'm not talking about the people I know, but just interacting with people in general, whether it's work or just out in the world. And I don't know how many times a day I'm just like, wow, people are so fucking stupid. And I'm not an idiot, but, but I'm not the smartest guy in the world. So I'm getting that feeling from people. So I can't imagine what maybe some of the super smart people really think. You know, or maybe they're just better people than me and they don't say, God damn, people are fucking stupid. They just go on with their day. But, um, you know, and it's like, I don't know, I feel like people want to live without principle, uh, you know, and they hide behind ideologies to reject to reject everything. That's kind of like their playbook. Um, you know, like I, I, I think about people that like just detest religion, Um but then they, they roll out an endless line of, like, false idols or, like, would-be prophets. You know, not in the same facet as they're used in religion and, you know, theology and stuff. But, like, people that they, the things they say are, like, the end-all, be-all. And people they look up to and, you know, and it's like, okay, you're practicing the same thing. You don't know you're practicing. And that, that's, I guess that's how ignorance works. But, you know, they have all these... People like, like Clinton, Obama, Gates, Fauci, even Greta Thornburg, they put on these pedestals, you know, and they're like, oh, these people, you know, when it, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, and then they chastise and belittle people who have faith in things and are, you know, evangelical and, and religion aside, like, you know, I've said before, I'm not a religious person. I consider myself a spiritual person. Um, I understand both sides. You know, I understand believers and non-believers. I don't understand people who feel the need to condemn people who believe or people who need to condemn people who don't. You know, kind of, it is what it is, you know. Um, but, like, I don't know, they, they put those people on these pedestals and they use those people to sell, like, false virtue, false promises. Uh, you know, they try to garner this pretend compassion and empathy as like a currency to buy your allegiance, adoration, or maybe even your vote, um, you know, when they actually do the voting process legitimately. 
um, they aim to take away, you know, who you are ultimately, like if, if you're not one of them and they want to recreate you like in their form, their vision of what you should be or what you should look like, which that almost comes out of the uh, Nazi playbook, which is weird because like liberals do a lot of things that like the Third Reich did, but then they're always calling other people Nazis. So I don't know if it's like deflection where like, you know, a liar never believes anybody else, you know, um, people that have anger and it's, it's deflection, I think more than anything, but you know, and, and if you defy their narrative or this whole global thought and global world they want, well, you know, they'll try to cancel you or worse. I mean, look at the Clinton's kill list. Um, and I said what I said, uh, they'll do everything they can to kind of take your ability to speak out, you know, whether it's on you know, social media platforms or just take away your, I guess, your would-be integrity, credibility, or even the audience that would listen to you. Like, they don't want debate. Like, I like debate. I mean, I don't like arguments. You know, my wife, I told my wife all the time I hate discussions, but I, I don't mind a debate or a conversation. Um, you know, and some people, they're not even tolerance tolerant when they pretend to wear tolerance on their sleeve and it's like you know and i think oftentimes that's what destroys any of the integrity when i'm trying to have a conversation with people from the left because early on like the first thing they do is try to tell you all the things they think they are but then their words contradict everything they think they are because they really don't understand you know the definition of things they bend definitions and warp everything to you know, they kind of operate on a how they feel, not how things are, you know, and it's, you know, they just ultimately want blind obedience. Uh, you know, like I said, they belittle the, the, the value of religion, but use the same pillars to sell the same, their, their own vision and ideology. It's like, it's kind of like this place where irony and insanity meet and blend together in this twisted, surreal um, existence or place that so many people seem to find utopia. Maybe that's what that new Doctor Strange uh, multiverse of madness movie is going to be about. But I could be wrong. I really feel like all that was just like a mouthful. Kind of reminded me of. Um, did you ever see that movie Old School where they're doing the debate thing and Will Ferrell drinks the water and then out debates James Carville and says like all this really really smart stuff and then he like comes out of it like he was in a trance. Yeah, that's kind of how I just felt. Not saying everything I just said was really smart or anything, but anyways. But I, I guess I kind of look at it like, you know, my views on things. Oops, sorry, I smacked the mic. I guess I've always just been a nonconformist, and not for, like, sake of just trying. You know, like so how some people are just contrarian and argue just to argue and have the different opinion just to be that person. Like, I, I, I'm not contrarian, but, like, you know, I, I'm someone who doesn't just blindly follow anyone. And maybe it's arrogance. Uh, you know, maybe I think I'm above following people. Uh, but there's times, you know, where even at times where, you know, even when I feel like I'm being the leader, like I'm not choosing to. You know, I think it just kind of, these things are kind of organic when they happen. But uh, but on, on the real, I now urge all of you to follow me to pick, pick, uh, I just had a Joe Biden moment to follow me to paradise. Oh yeah. And, and drink what's in this cup. Oh, don't worry about the smell. You'll love it. 
<laughs> Jim Jones reference, um, Jonestown Massacre, <laughs> don't look that up, you'll think very terribly of me for saying that. But I mean, if, if you think about it, we're all following something or being led somewhere, I guess, or I suppose, I don't know. Um, I saw this crazy article, it made me think, and it was, um, it was explaining the possibility of like the masses being able to be hypnotized by recurring themes and narratives played out in uh, TV and radio, uh, whether it's like on songs we hear, the news we watch, uh, shows, commercials, and, and I believe it, I think I've kind of talked about that without talking about it for the past almost two years. I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, how else do you explain the rise of Nickelback, um, <laughs> among other things? But, I mean, the, the Macarena, the Harlem Shuffle, um, Soldier Boy, uh, all kinds of other terrible things that people just thought were great, and they really weren't that, um, I don't know, I think techno music in general. Um, and it's, you know, there's always this whole subliminal thing you know, and I kind of always joke about it, you know, you look at it where you hear a song enough, you'll know the words, and eventually you'll like it, and before you know it, you're dancing to it. It's my Taylor Swift theory, is what I always call it. But it, it, it blows my mind at times, pun intended, um, as I think about things, you know, that I'm able to look at and go, yeah, that's something. I could see that happening, or, oh yeah, that kind of helps me understand or explains to me why things are what they are. You know, I, I was joking about this with the guys at work the other day. I was like, you really can't even use the term um, conspiracy theory anymore, can you? I mean, most of the stuff that was considered a conspiracy theory kind of came true and continues to unfold before our eyes. So, like, you know, where are we now? Are we behind the curtain? You know, like, are we sitting behind Oz watching Oz operate? Like, he doesn't know we're there. You know, and then I got, I got to thinking, and... I think I already knew the answer to this, but I was like, do you, and maybe ask yourself this, and maybe you've thought about it, maybe you haven't, maybe you don't care, maybe you, you gotta poop, I don't know. Um, do you ever think to yourself, will we ever be able to trust things we don't see or hear for ourselves again? Like, will you ever be able to sit down, watch the news, like, trust the media, I mean, granted, the tornado siren went off. Yeah, of course, I went outside before. The only reason I came downstairs was my wife made me. She was, she, her, the dog, and the kid were already down here. But, like, I was kind of like, okay, they're just sound, like, and that has nothing to do with it. That's just, I don't know, maybe it's the southerner in me or whatever. But, um, you know, will there ever be a time where, like, the media or, I don't know, anyone where the good of the people will be served by those who are supposed to look out for them. And honestly, who knows? You know, but, you know, I think, and I'm like, do we want to continue and operate in this state of not trusting anything? You know, and I'm not saying go back to trusting things just for the sake of not trusting, but, like, you know, maybe you don't even think about this. Maybe it doesn't affect you. Um you know, it, it doesn't weigh super heavy on me. I mean, I'd like to think I'm adaptable. And uh, I think I've always kind of been ahead of the curve as far as not believing and seeing everything. And if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. But I don't know. Time will tell. Maybe it won't. Um, 
you know, all very positive, uplifting stuff tonight. Uh, to finish, I'd like to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. I'm just kidding. Um, so, shifting gears. Um, the NFL draft started Thursday night. Um, it's kind of like our dose of football till training camp and preseason starts. Even though, like, we all hate preseason, but whatever. Uh, it continued, uh, if it wrapped up, I believe, today. Uh, I don't think, yeah, I think it's done as of today. They started this whole uh, Thursday night thing a few years back and started, and then started moving it around from, like, place to place. It used to be Saturday midday at Radio City Music Hall in New York for years, for as long as I can remember, like, you know, since I was a kid and started watching football or whatever. You know, but now it's, like, more of a production and PR piece for the NFL, which I guess everything is, you know. It literally, it's like American Idol or The Voice, where like after every pick, you get some backstory or something on how each player overcame uh, some form of adversity. Because apparently, that's interesting. Like, like I hate that shit. Like stats, clips, move on. Like the thing, it took like two hours to get to like the pack, the two Packers picks the other night. I was like, and then they both were like a kick in the junk to me, but. In hindsight, they were probably good picks. Uh, but if it were me personally, I'd give each team like 90 seconds to pick. I mean, you've had all this time. The college season's been over since like January. Uh, you know, no bullshit between picks. I don't need to see old players or season ticket holders or some fucking jagoff who won a radio contest to give some speech or some clown coming out about an outreach program like just give us the picks. It's all we care about. It's like I always joke about when we watch Dr. Pimple Popper. I don't care about their backstory. I just want to see her slice, cut, and squish things. I, I, I don't care about the person's life. Like, yeah, I suck like that. Anyways, you know, and just like everything, it's a big production. Um, well, the Packers had two first-round picks, and, you know, I kind of looked at it as, yeah, they shit the bed on them, in my opinion. Um, but we, tra we traded our best wide receiver. And arguably, probably the league's best wide receiver. And in a draft that had quite a few solid wide receivers, we decided to take two defensive players, who most likely probably would have still been there in the second round. Uh, so they kind of continue this tradition of doing only once in Aaron Rodgers' career have the Packers drafted an offensive player in the first round, and it was a fucking backup quarterback who sucks, and in most organizations probably wouldn't be qualified to be a parking attendant. But um, I honestly am enamored and blown away. I guess enamored is a bad word. I, I can't understand how Aaron Rodgers had managed to stay here all these years. Um, our organization is cheap. They never seem to make solid moves, you know, and they never address real issues. Um, I'm guessing Rodgers probably wishes he's left now. He won't say it, but... Uh, you know, they ended up getting a couple wide receivers. The kid from North Dakota State seems good. He's not going to make an impact this year. Um, you know, which you're not, I get, you're not going to replace Devontae Adams. Um, maybe had you made a trade for DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, or maybe you still get Debo Samuel, which I don't fucking see how that's possible. But Rodgers is 38 years old. We have maybe two years, uh, assuming he doesn't retire after this season, which who could blame him? You know, 
We have great running backs, a good offensive line, you know, the most accurate quarterback in the NFL history, but no wide receivers. You know, and like I said, maybe they make a trade. Uh, at this point, it seems unlikely because your draft capital would have been probably what you were trading. Uh, you know, and if so, they probably would have taken the deal Tennessee gave Philly for A.J. Brown, which was a great move by Philly. Although I don't know if I'd pay any receiver $100 million, But we did offer Devontae Adams sick money. He turned it down. Aaron Rodgers even said he thought the Green Bay Packers did enough to keep Adams that Adams simply just didn't want to be here. He wants to go to Las Vegas and lose, so enjoy that, Adams. Um, but yeah, a lot of teams are trading their receivers instead of paying them. You, know, you had Adams, uh, Tyreek Hill out of Kansas City. The other night, you had Marquise Hollywood Brown from the Ravens, AJ Brown, and then you know likely deals of DK Metcalf in Seattle or Debo Samuel out of San Francisco, and it's a passing league. So you would kind of think wide receiver would be a commodity, but I don't know. There's plenty of free agent wide receivers. Odell Beckham, who's coming off a knee injury. Jarvis Landry. Will Fuller's had trouble. Julio Jones, who, you know, Tennessee didn't even want Julio Jones. He was a step slow. He's kind of old. I can't say coming and playing in the cold of Lambeau is going to make his old body work any better. You know, as a Packer fan on the offensive side, I'm honestly not very optimistic, but... Maybe our defense will be that good that we can score three points a game, assuming Crosby can make a field goal and we'll win. But you never know. There's, there could be more in the works. But, hey, look on the bright side. At least we have the box, right, the defending NBA champions. Um, Giannis and the boys will travel to Boston uh, for round two of the NBA playoffs on Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, Chris Middleton will not be playing this series uh, as he has a sprained MCL. Anyone's ever had a sprained knee, it, it sucks. Um, hopefully Grayson Allen keeps balling out of his mind till we get him till we get Middleton back. Uh, I don't know if maybe he just played off how much the, the crowd in Chicago hated him. You know, him being the, one of those Duke guys like Leitner, uh, JJ Reddick that the crowd, you know, opposing crowds just hate and he fed off it. Um, it was awesome watching him shush the Chicago crowds. The Bucks did a thing where, like, even his teammates are booing him when he gets the ball and stuff like that just to prepare him for what he gets every in every arena. Dude had, like, 28 points one night, 27 just draining threes, uh, making great plays. Uh, it's awesome to see. When we actually got him on the team, he's one of those guys when we got him, I was like, I fucking hate that guy. But, like, when he's on your team, you like him. You know, so I'm like, okay, he plays hard. He makes great shots. He's doing well. Uh, you know, he's been a great addition. Uh, I think the Bucks have a good shot at repeating if they get past the Celtics. Um, I think with the injury to Joel Embiid, uh, he had a, in Philadelphia the orbital fracture, that that could be uh, an issue for Philly. And any team with James Harden's not winning anything because James Harden's a piece of crap. But, um, yeah, I know you guys hate sports, but, like, damn, I, I really love sports. You know, and a wealth of my sports knowledge shouldn't go unused and it's my podcast so i kind of get to talk about what i want and if you don't like it well <laughs> on you um so i feel like we're kind of go circling back to the whole freedom of speech thing but did you guys see uh that biden they they're they want to use the government to wage war on everyone's first amendment right and now dedicate a portion of homeland security to it in the name of uh, stopping disinformation. He's pointed this uh, 
she'd be a secretary or something. I don't know. All there is is videos of her on the internet singing songs about Harry Potter's junk and about lying. And she seems like a complete fucktard, um, which I, I guess I could have just said liberal and it's implied. But, um, like, if we're truly this concerned with disinformation, like, we should abolish the media, rip the voice boxes out of all politicians, and execute people who lie. There you go. Problem solved. But let's be real. We're not really concerned with disinformation because everything is disinformation. Pretty much everything you see and hear is being it's being sold to you. It's a scam. Um, I'm a scam. We're all scam. Um, never in my life, honestly, did I think it would be possible for the U.S. government to become so obsessed with silencing people and controlling like what you see and hear. It's scary. And in my mind, that's what an actual threat to democracy looks like. It's not people on the internet making fun of Kamala Harris because, well, she's stupid, she's dumb, she's a whore, uh, and she disappears from time to time. Um, you know, I feel like Elon Musk buying Twitter was a huge step uh, in the right direction. And we've seen, and literally him just doing that, like liberals have lost their shit. Like, arguing about how his money would have been better spent doing this, yet they don't care how much money the government wastes. Um, you know, and a lot of these people are so unhit, unhinged, and, you know, and honestly, for lack of a better word, 99% of liberals are, are retarded and mentally ill. They just are. And it, I don't know if they can help it, or they're just... You know, their parents were cousins, they, they ate paint chips as a child, they just lived under power lines. There's so many things to look at. But, you know, and as the midterm election gets closer, these, these clowns are going to try to develop a new pandemic or maybe they'll make voting racist so we don't vote anymore or make voting available by phone like it was American Idol. Um, you know, it, it's got to be the only shot they have at not being slaughtered in the polls. I mean, I'd prefer to see them slaughtered in the streets, but, you know, we'll start with the polls. Um and they did it themselves. I mean, even Bill Maher doesn't even sound like a liberal anymore. Or maybe because what we see as liberal now are so far, like, extremists and left that, like, people that are just, like, Democrats, you know, seem normal. Because everyone else wants no cops, no laws, no debt, uh, they don't want to work, like... But, you know, you look at, like, the government trying to create this portion of Homeland Security. Like, why not try to fix something that's, like, actually broken, like the border? But instead, we're obsessed with sexuality and sexual orientation and all other forms of identity uh, politics. And we, we, we don't fix things. Like, fix the border. The border is a mess, you know. And, and you would think that, like, politicians that have such asinine views would have would not have the ability to stay in power and get reelected like it, it, i don't get it like is it just a their complete lack of care for their constituents um you know and i think some of it is people don't focus on things that actually affect them like like take trump for instance we all know people that are like this like grown adults who were literally upset that he said things they considered mean towards other politicians or people that were in opposition of him. Like, they didn't bother to look at his policy and how we all benefited, how this country benefited. 
Like, do you get it now, assholes? Like, how's that $4 gas and 10% inflation working out for you? But hey, you know, the economy's shrinking. Goods are in short supply. Why? Because we installed a feeble old man who can't speak, shits his pants on a regular basis because of, well, feelings. Feelings, people. Come on. It, it's ridiculous. I'll never, like, Joe Biden being put as president will be the low point in this country. Like, I honestly think the Civil War will be a higher point than Joe Biden's whatever you want to call this. That's all I got uh, for tonight. A uh, little longer episode, I guess. You know, my ramblings. Um, Music World uh, lost Naomi Judd uh, today. I, they're not saying it, but from what I read, it said she lost a battle with mental illness. So I would almost take that as suicide, but... Uh, it's tragic. Uh, the Judds were actually being inducted into uh, like the Nashville Hall of Fame supposedly tomorrow, and we're supposed to do a, a farewell tour starting, I believe, the end of July, and I'm assuming that's all scrapped now. But, um, you know, it's sad. Uh, 76 years old. Um, I guess it shows that, you know, even with money, fame, and all that, um, you know, you, you never know what people are struggling with. So, uh, anyways, that's all I got. Uh, check out the uh, merch shop. Uh, follow us on social media. Drink up. Have a great weekend. And uh, in about 26 minutes, it's going to be May 1st. How about that, bitches? All right. Thank you. Have a great night, everyone.